When you don't know what the future holds, planning for it can be quite challenging. Align Life Pro invited three recent graduates to have an honest conversation about the realities of graduating amidst a global pandemic. In this episode, we explore the opportunities that have stemmed from the pandemic and emphasize the unique experience and skill set that the class of 2020 will now carry with them forever. This follow-up panel serves as a reminder to the importance of being a lifelong learner and how to keep moving forward in times that confront what we've known as normal. You are capable of more. You are capable of achieving great results professionally and leading a fulfilling personal life. The important aspects of your life are either aligned and moving you towards your vision, or they are unaligned and pulling you in different directions. Improve your alignment and your results improve. Optimize your alignment and your results are optimized. Getting started only takes a few intentional adjustments to align potential and optimize performance so you can achieve well-being and ascend to success. We are here to guide you on Aligned Life Pro. All right, welcome to uh, this follow-up edition of the Align Life Pro, and hopefully everybody enjoyed our message to the class of 2020. It was a lot of fun for us to record, and so we thought it would be a really good idea to take some recent graduates and basically do a panel discussion. And so I want to introduce first Allison. Allison, Hello. how are you? I'm great. How are you? Where do you where did you graduate from? Bellarmine University. The Bellarmine University Knights. The past at one time I did go to school there. And I don't, I don't have a degree from there, but that's a long story. What, and what was your major in? A psychology major. Okay, so nothing. Um, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Very important uh, information. Uh-huh. Um, and then we have Danny Blake. Um, so I am technically not graduated yet. I just sent my first uh, draft of my thesis, master's thesis, uh, to my advisor. Um, but I am trying to, or looking to finish up. Uh, my master's degree in kinesiology at California State University Fullerton, uh, where we kind of worked in uh, a biochemistry and molecular exercise physiology lab, looking at the effects of nutrition and muscle via muscle biopsies and a few different uh, cool studies. But you did graduate. I mean, you're in grad school, right? You're in postgrad. Well, okay, yeah. Oh, sorry. And then I also graduated from Plymouth State University and uh, a ski race there, Division One, uh, where I was also a kinesiology major, but it was under a different subheading called exercise and sport physiology. So everything kind of different universities pick what they want to name their majors. Yeah. Which is actually what my degree's in just FYI. Yep. 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 And then, uh, and Robin, how are you? I'm good. How are you? And Robin is from the, uh, the, the thriving country of Canada. I'm a recent graduate from Western university, which is in London, Ontario. Not Bowling Green. Knows where that is. (laughs) Not Bowling Green, Kentucky. It's super fun. Best school in Canada. I'd say. Did you, uh, did you live on campus? In first year, yeah. Yeah, okay. So- Robin, fun fact of the day, um, in a, a former life, I worked for ProQuest Information and Learning. So some of your research databases that you use to get your degree, I was the salesperson and Canada was one of my territories. Wow, cool. The more you know. <laughs> the, more, the more you know, there you go. So your senior, you all, uh, your senior year was definitely not probably the way you imagined it, uh, how you ended up wrapping up school or your, or this last semester, I know was not the way you imagined it going. So we'll start, we'll start with Robin. So for you personally, what were the hardest things to miss out on over the last year, over the last semester? 
I honestly didn't find it as challenging as I thought it would moving home, but saying goodbye to friends who lived across the country. So especially in Vancouver, like who knows when the next time I'll see those friends are. And we were actually just coming off of spring break when we ended up not going back to classes. So it was abrupt and final and we never really even got to move back to our houses. So I think that was the challenging part was just the shock of not having any lead up to it. Allison, how much of your coursework, or Danny too, but how much of your coursework was in person versus online already? All of it, except I had one online class and it was my my first online class that I had taken. I was like, I am not an online student. So, well, had to learn how to be one. <laughs> Danny, what about you? Did you take a lot of online classes before this anyway? or? Um, no, I actually only had one class um, and it was a a full-on laboratory class. It was six hours of lab work a week plus an hour of lecture, um, all in person. So that class basically got obliterated um, and we had to kind of readjust, but we made positives out of it. So what was the hardest thing for you to miss out, Danny? Um, I mean, you missed out on everything, right? Yeah, it, you know, uh, the most difficult thing was getting our um, clinical trial basically canceled and shot in the foot um, uh, with a massive participant load, our largest participant load in it. Um, so we lost all of their data and a lot of our sweat equity um, in that. And currently now this trial is going to be a little bit postponed because of some of the inclusion criteria of having to train for six months and straight heavy um, and gyms won't be open for a while. To give some background, the idea of the, of the research question was, does intermittent fasting or, or time-restricted eating produce more muscle mass or equal muscle mass to a normal uh, eating window as it pertains to athletic performance and you know muscle hypertrophy. Um, so it was a fairly complex study with a lot of moving parts. We were basically in a day-to-day, -day, seven days a week, 12 hours a day grind for the last eight months. And March 16th, it just ended. So we have participants now, like our, our thesis, my thesis got cut short. I was lucky enough to have some data to at least present on, but it's kind of like a mock thesis at this point um, because no true conclusions can be found. Gotcha. Um, so that was, I guess, the, the hardest aspect for me, but I mean, it's all in perspective and we all lost something, so. All right, Allison, what about, same question to you. What were the hardest things for you to miss out on? And then you can actually roll us into the positives too, if you want to. Yeah, uh, so I have a similar situation as Danny. I was in a research class and we were doing a study on we were trying to do a study on um, food perceptions and ethical information presented uh, when given those uh, food samples. So it was all going to be in person. People were going to be trying the actual food and reading. And um, basically, all of the data collection was uh, essential to do in person. And then uh, pandemic comes along the way and takes all of that away from us. And we had to completely change our entire semesters with work like th this whole entire uh class was based around this project so um but in the in the positive of that we were able to do research on the coronavirus so it was interesting to be able to have a class that was really surrounded on what was going on in uh, the world around us and people's beliefs about it and how that was affecting their behaviors so it was it ended up being very successful and it is currently under review for publication right now so that was really awesome and who knows if that would have happened if uh, the pandemic didn't come it is pretty interesting I mean the the, the whole theory that um, 
I don't know if there's going to be anything more important for someone to learn in college as far as being adaptive to what happens, right? I mean, to perform when you have to adapt is a pretty powerful message. But then also to see, you know, we talk about this, like if if we don't have the shelter in place or things kind of get scaled back, we don't know if, if we make the progress that we've made on this podcast, like, you know, just certain things free up and there's opportunities that, that, uh, that come available in that as well. So, uh, what about you, Robin? What were some of the positives? Um, I never thought I'd say it, but moving home was definitely a positive of it. I'd never planned to move home again and moving home has been wonderful. Like being at home and being with family and being close to friends from home again is nice. And then also it just gave me some time to think about what I really want to do. And I didn't feel the push or the rush to figure it out. I think all of us sort of felt that we needed to have a career lined up for when we graduated and this allowed us a bit of extra time to realize that it was okay not to have an answer to what was next. It's actually interesting you said that. So like I I mentioned that I had the same degree as Danny um, and I knew that when I graduated, I didn't didn't walk. I don't know if walking was important to you guys or not. I'm very pragmatic. It was not important to me at all. But I also knew that when I was graduating that I had wanted to do nothing with my degree. And I just remember the time after graduation as being a very, it's probably the most difficult time in my life. And, and, and because there's no natural next step. And that's why I think a lot of people just go to grad school by default, not necessarily because they, you know, think they should, go, you know, that they have a real purpose to go to grad school. So what, you, huh? that you went to grad school by default. But, yep. Yeah. Talk more about that, Danny. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of was undecided. Um, I kind of looked at all terminal career paths as far as doctor, lawyer, um, researcher, whatnot, nothing was too, nothing popped out. So I figured I'd kind of stay in the game, um, give myself some more time to learn, get some more exposure, um, come out to California and learn more about muscle physiology and research and science and, and whatnot. Um, but I too, am in a similar situation like you, Mike, after this pandemic, I'm like a positive, like um, Robin was saying that, you know, a lot of time to strategize and, uh, you know, we had an opportunity to kind of see what maybe the future is going to look like and maybe some pitfalls of our, uh, of our elders, no offense, but, uh, but just, are you counting me as your elder? That's, that was the only way that'd be offense. I mean, no, no, Lennington's um, for sure your elder, but but, you know, (laughs) um, but, uh, just kind of, we can see kind of the future. Um, we don't expect the coronaviruses or these sorts of viruses to necessarily leave our orbit anytime soon. Um, so might as well plan around that rather than, uh, you know, in ignorance. I'm um, just trying to pivot, make a good decision and, you know, kind of be uh, flexible to an independent um, with a little overhead and um, basically a little possibility of me losing my job in the future. Well, I, I tell you all like right now, like for me, I, it was, it was, defeating because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I feel like just like what Allison just said, you're supposed to know what you're supposed to do at the end of the, of the college. Right. And, mm-hmm. and Michael, you could say the same thing. Like Michael, what, what was your degree again? You were in biology, right? Charitably, you could call it biology. It was fisheries and wildlife management. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and Kristen, what was yeah, your degree? Mine started out in law enforcement. Um, then it went to psychology and then it went to business and now I'm a coach. Oh, there you go. And I, and I think that's, that was the, the idea. It's like, it, it gives you a good launching pad to take a first step. And then you, you never know where that path is going to go and staying open to where that path is going to go in the future. So Robin, do you have a career path kind of planned out uh, at all? Or what, what was that reflective time like for you? 
Yeah, well, I was actually talking to Kristen and Michael about this yesterday after being in New York last summer. Like before that, I was dead set on moving to New York and starting my career in New York this summer. And obviously last summer made me think about that more, but it was still a thought to sort of move into PR and move to like where this hub of PR is. And with the coronavirus, it's not even a possibility. And I think it really challenged me to think about whether that was what I wanted and whether now it's not even possible. So I think that helped me make that decision, but I was sure I wanted to work at a PR agency. And then I've already figured out, I don't think that's what I want to do anymore. Hopefully no future employers are listening to this if they're in PR, but. <laughs> well, I can guarantee you that one future employer could be listening to this. So, you know. <laughs> Well, or you're not three in PR. Is the case, maybe. Or three, yeah. <laughs> And Allison, what about you? Did you have like uh, it all mapped out? Because like you, you seem like the kind of person who would have, a, have it all mapped out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, at least that's what I think. And every year it changes. And then I map it all out. And then it changes again. And then I map it all out. Um, but right now and uh, for the past couple of months, I've been on the industrial organizational psychologist route. I don't even know so, what that means. Essentially, I mean, it's what this podcast is about. Okay. Aligning your potential and optimizing performance in the workplace. There you go. So. Well, um, see, I knew what it meant. I just, yeah. I just wanted to tee you up for that. So. You just got slammed from the high ropes. Though. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. So, can I ask a question of you three? Yeah. Is would it would it be a fair statement to say that the pandemic made you pause long enough to look at alternatives? And, and routes that you would have never considered before because life was moving too fast. That's why I'm here, <laughs> honestly. I, uh, I started to really think about what I wanted, what made me excited every day. Do I wanna live the rest of my life sitting behind a desk in a cubicle, doing kind of the same thing every day, not, not that passionate about it? Like, I, I just had a lot of time to think about what what my passions are and what makes me excited. And I was able to kind of organize myself virtually and kind of put out my passions into the virtual world. And that attracted, obviously, uh, you all. I had someone who knew what my passions were and saw uh, this opportunity come up to be a marketing intern for this awesome opportunity working uh, on this podcast with three awesome people, very intelligent people. So I thought, wow, that's actually perfect. I'd love this opportunity and we'll see where it takes me just trying to do the next best thing. So what about you, Robin? So like, what have you, you know, you've kind of talked about that reflection time, but what, what did you really learn about yourself overall the last two months? I guess I've always said that I want, including internships, that I've always wanted to work somewhere where I feel like I'm making a difference in the world and like doing purposeful work. But I, I didn't really know what that meant for me. It almost was more if, if job postings came up and I thought they aligned closely enough with my values, then I would pursue them. But now I've come to realize more and I still don't think I fully know like what I value the most and like what my ideal job is in terms of changing the world or impacting the world. But I think I'm starting to see the direction of what works for me as well as where that balance is between what works for me and what actually is practical. So I'm still working on that a bit on figuring out what I've learned from this, but I've definitely learned to take my time and because I, I was always like expected on those deadlines in my own mind um, and to meet them. So I think really that's what I've worked on the most is not putting that pressure on myself and just waiting for things to come. Like this internship wouldn't have worked out if I had been pushing for any job just so that I had something to do. So sure. yeah, ultimately it worked out. But Danny, you know what I get from all this is that the girls are a whole lot more mature than the boys are at this age. Um, that's what it sounds like to me. So 
I don't know, I'm I'm 26 and I have the same answers. Yeah, so there you go. So the uh, and Robin and I talked about this yesterday. There's there's actually a um, and Danny, you'll know this. There is actually a, a point at which the the physical brain reaches its maturity. You know, and it's like 26, 27, 28, something. So like they say. That. Yeah. So you know, I have a 32. One year can old always hope. Still acts like he's 12. <laughs> so there's questionable. <laughs> there's there's hope for neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm, oh, I'm, one of my I'm, favorite subjects. I'm convinced that if you get a group of 40 year old guys together who knew each other in high school, they're going to revert to who they were in high school. I mean, they revert every time. You know, the same jokes, everything. So, Danny, has this created any epiphanies for you? Absolutely. Um, in almost all aspects of my life, I think the largest epiphany was kind of the, the the direction or how I was orienting my life wasn't necessarily in parallel with who I was or what I wanted to do the decision-making process from that was just never going to be, you know, completed. Uh, so for the last two years, like I said, you know, I was in undergrad, I was looking at all terminal degree paths. Well, in my master's program, I was I ramped that up a lot. Um, so um, I went from med school to MD, PhD, to PhD only, to then maybe nutritionist, to then maybe thinking about physical therapy. So I thought about everything um, and nothing, necessarily sound satisfactory or like anything I really wanted to do or cared about spending the next five years suffering uh, for. So in this, um, yeah, I absolutely, you know, had to sit back and reassess and realize that when I want to just align my life for away from success, but more towards happiness and what I truly want. And, you know, that's a little bit easier um, said than done now that, you know, I kind of have the framework of how to organize how I want to work and live in the future in this ever expanding environment. But, you know, it's, it's been also pretty difficult. I think one of us may have alluded to it in the uh, initial emails, but the, the impact on quite possibly everyone's mental health uh, was definitely affected or maybe even just exposed. So where we had to kind of sit and stew with ourselves um, in, a, in a box or in a series of boxes all day to where, you know, it's kind of hit a, maybe a little bit, a bit of a, bottom point to then climb back out of so it's exciting that was the epiphany and uh now it's a little bit easier to move forward and make decisions based off what i want now is what i want to do you actually answered the next question i was going to ask because you all have been very very positive about what this current experience has created for you and so the next thing i wanted to ask is you know some of the, the outside of some of the obvious things, the economic impact, whether you're gonna have a job coming out of this kind of stuff. What other concerns have you all been confronted with and in, in you're working your way through? And you, you kind of answered some of that already, Danny. The uncertainty in the job market, even, even though I have this internship now, I see a lot of my friends struggling um, with just trying to make money. Like, it's not even like we're trying to get a long-term career path we're just looking for a job to be able to afford like a lot of my friends are going to grad school and i have the possibility of going to grad school if that's what i end up choosing to do in september and having the money available to do that especially not being able to get really any jobs for the summer all the like i don't really know many friends that have been able to get them with restaurants closed and most retail stores closed still here so i think financial like our parents are expecting us to be responsible for our own paying our way for the rest of the time, I think. So I think that's the biggest challenge and uncertainty is how we're gonna pay for grad school if that is what comes or how we're even going to get our footing if we start a career. Because 
I don't think any of us want to live at home forever. <laughs> and trust me, as a parent, we really don't want you to live at home forever. <laughs> so uh, for the past 16 years, I've had this structure in my life of teachers telling me what I need to get done, when I need it to be done, what they want from me, all of these expectations. And um, my job is to just deliver on those. And now I am just set free and I have to figure it out on my own and I have to put the structure in my own life. And that can be really scary and challenging, but it's exciting at the same time uh, because I get to make it my own. It's, it's uh, a really vulnerable time for a lot of people right now. So I think people are really understanding who they are and figuring that out for themselves can uh, open up a lot of doors to a lot of different things or passions, I should say, that they wouldn't have known that they were passionate about before. Or um, like just, I I've been trying to take the time to learn some new skills. Uh, there's a ton of free trials out there. Like right now I'm trying to learn Adobe Spark. I've always wanted to do something creative online, so I figured, why not? This is a great time. I have all this extra time, right? That's the thing uh, with the pandemic. There's so much time that people are saying they have, and um, that can be either a positive thing or a negative thing, and it's just really the choice that you have to make. So, And I think that's one of the things that you guys will figure out is you start to walk your path that, you're, that truly now your education really begins. It doesn't end. And it's the education of self-discovery and figuring out what are the things that kind of light you up and make you really passionate and excited and, and you get those, have those real world experiences to, to really shape what your, uh, what your future is going to look like. And, uh, I just, I just challenge that you always continue to learn and continue to grow. So, I mean, that's, it's a really important piece. Um, and now you get to self-direct that, which is even more powerful. I, I can honestly say, I don't think I really became a real student until I was 30. When I, when I, I think we're, uh, you know, we're at a, uh, inflection point where we're kind of switching from, you know, dependency and, you know, academic uh, settings to independency, you know, but however you want to contextualize that, you know, that can be dependent on the job market to, you know, independent to, you know, but, you know, there's money out there. People are still going to be buying stuff and need stuff. Um, so, you know, I think that's been my kind of switch, but uh, there's a few, you know, uh, paradigms that, you know, that I've learned and picked up it's kind of like the difference between being a, <clears throat> a learner and a knower, you know, and you're either, you know, kind of one of those, like one or either one or the other, but you can switch as far as your perception goes, as far as like, okay, how, you know, do I think I know this or do I admit that I don't know this and need to learn more? Um, and even if I think I've learned as much as I can, I'm still probably wrong. And that kind of cycle is a very kind of peaceful cycle because you just have to sit and accept that, you know, we're only probably 30% right sometimes, um, especially in the world of science when, you know, we draw hard lines, statistical significance, and this is this, but there's a lot more nuance and kind of flexibility or you know, between the lines work um, that goes on. A lot of good stuff. And I, and I have so many questions and I, and I'm not going to go back to the very beginning, but all of this is sort of come uh, to me as, is is a, an experience that is so unique, right? I mean, you've got, you've got the, the stay at home and all the stuff with the with corona and then you've got you know the things that are going on especially in the u.s with unrest right now and just the the kind of rethinking of a lot of fundamental things and so this is a unique time in history i i, I don't know 
I mean, there's always been events in history that have been dramatic, but this is this is something I've never experienced before. And at your age, though, you're kind of in that national natural position you were talking about, Danny. You know, moving away from dependency to independency, or or from you know being told what to do for 16 years versus being able to do you know whatever you like. Subordination that, to ownership, or how, however you want. Yeah, to yeah. And you know, I'm I'm still contemplating that move <laughs> myself at 61. But um, the point I want to ask, or the question I want to ask is. How is your, you know, given what's happening and you're, we're in the midst of it right now, so it's hard maybe to, to be sure exactly what the lessons are, but as you think about how, for all three of you, um, how has your thinking changed in a way that, that uh, surprises you based upon what just happened? And what, what are you now thinking about what's possible and maybe what you um, don't think is, is as important as it used to be? How's your thinking changed? I've realized it's more important than ever to take it onto yourself, to educate yourself on what's going on in the world. Um, whether it is Corona or whether it's the police brutality and Black Lives Matter movement that's going on. I've seen a lot of people I know taking the initiative to educate themselves on things they don't understand and to find the proper information. And I've never really been exposed to that as much as now when there's so many important aspects going on all at the same time and the news can't cover it all and it can't cover it all unbiased, obviously. So we have to take it on to ourselves. And I've begun to realize how to do that myself so that I feel that I'm getting the proper and correct information. I think, yeah, you know, we're in a tough spot um, and kind of on that, you know, dependency and independency spectrum, um, you know, we're, we've always been told what to think, how to think by our parents, by our elders, by you know the people that were supposed to lead us and tell us what's right and wrong. And maybe we're, you know, with the advent of technology, we have a little bit more grip uh, or access to information and we can, you know, your own research and it's a troubling time when you realize you know people that you may look up to or see as you know heroes are actually villains you know in their own sense and you know i think that's maybe part of growing up but also a huge aspect of this time right now is that we kind of have to shift from what what do we care about you know as a, as a nation as you know individuals as you know we care you know and everything in between and does our nation you know necessarily care about us or, you know, have our best interests and, you know, what do they coin those best interests as? Is it, you know, a thriving economy or, you know, is it a peaceful home setting? So I think there's a, a maybe a, you know, a shift going on, hopefully a, a civil, kind of said, like civil like revolution as far as like in all words of the, all meaning of the word civil, but, uh, you know, people are fed up and I think it's kind of been masked under our, our flag as a great country, but I mean, the handling of the coronavirus, the, the handling of you know, this whole Black Lives Matter movement and police brutality is really kind of crumbling us at a core. I see it as a positive light or you know, a strong country that can make changes, but we have to decide which changes those are. And then hopefully the youth are you know, the ones that are going to make those, make those changes um, moving forward. So the, I see a lot of inspiration out there. Um, it's really pretty, pretty powerful. I don't know if anybody else has been to any protests, but it's, it's a pretty cool part or time to, to be in given all of the also craziness and sadness and scariness. Um, so it's just kind of a wild ride of emotions, I would say. So the whole basis of our podcast, The Aligned Life Pro, is talking about how different aspects of your life can be just slightly out of alignment and you may not be feeling that discomfort. And up to this point, we were kind of just cruising along in the status quo. There were things that we didn't necessarily like, but there wasn't anything that was so painful that it brought brought it up to the surface like it has now. And and I think, you know, 
in, in alignment with what you've been saying, um, there's been so many things that were just off that everything just went completely out of alignment. Mm -hmm. Everything mm -hmm. came to the surface. Which offers an opportunity for, for alignment to real to, to rebuild and construct and, and that's exactly. and that's the beautiful part of it right so Allison what was your answer to this question uh, I was just thinking about the, the uh, Danny you said something about change and um, the choices that we that we're making and gosh of course I don't know exactly what the quote was but it made me think of this uh, how my I looked back at my planner two months ago three months ago and it was just filled, just absolute every day. It's something going on, networking with people, trying to prepare for mm -hmm. graduating and all this stuff that, uh, you know, a lot of it was in person uh, meetings or whatever it might be. Um, but then the quarantine life kind of had me cancel everything. I was just left with uh, a, a lot of time to, to choose how I was going to fill it. And it's interesting to learn about yourself and learn about the the things that you're choosing to fill your time with for me i initially would just I, I needed to stay busy i would pick this do that um try and talk to my uh family members what do you guys want to do you want to go on a hike you want to have family dinner tonight just trying to fill my time as much as possible and then uh, as time went on i realized okay how am i going to improve myself what are some things that i can do uh, by myself that uh, will make me better, more prepared uh, for the future. And it, it's challenging, but uh, you, you got to take the time to educate yourself. Like we were saying before, educate yourself on um, yourself, honestly. <laughs> take the time to get to know yourself. Just following up on Danny and Danny and Robin, their conversation, and, uh, and just how so, and you're the only person, I mean, you were still really young when all this was going on back in the late 60s but how similar is to what is going on now to what the feeling was around the late 60s well um you know i sort of experienced that vicariously my brothers my youngest brother was 10 years older than i was so they actually you know, were coming to um the age of majority in the 60s and um you know, so they were they were they were um not sharing everything with mom and dad or with me so i don't really know for sure all the stuff that was going on but you know i think i think that that was a, a huge sea change in america because you know, we were we were the wealthiest nation in the world we we're the most powerful nation in the world and yet we were also unequal and unfair and and there was just a lot of of um dissatisfaction with sort of the status quo and i think i think that it became an opportunity to really make a difference but but i i I think that, you know, there's, there's an old, okay, this is going to really date me, the boomer in the, but there's an old who song and uh, it talks about welcoming the new revolution and hoping they don't get fooled again. And I think to some extent where we were going in the sixties sort of ended up crashing into the, the me seventies and it kind of evaporated. So it didn't really come to fruition in, in any meaningful sense in terms of resolving issues that were sort of underlying. And so, you know, I think what I'm really taken by from what I just heard everybody say so I didn't really answer your question, but but that's the best I got. But but I have, I'm really taken by what you guys have said because what hit me between the eyes, and I may be wrong about this, this is a this is a really amazing time because it's a point of inflection for the for for the country for sure, probably the world. I mean, this is something that's going on. Coronavirus is going on around the world, and you're starting to see other countries talk about their inherent internal racist models. Right now, 
you guys have said you're responsible for your own learning, your own beliefs, not to, not to just take what people are telling you from whatever source and just taking it for granted, but actually looking into the situation for yourself, taking responsibility for what goes in your head and what you're going to, what you're going to pay attention to and what you're going to listen to and what you're going to learn from. That's key. This is an inflection point for you as, as his students, this is an inflection point, but it's an inflection point for the whole society we're in. So it's kind of like you guys are going through this change that's kind of mirrored in the larger, larger group. And knowing yourself was one of the things you were talking about. Is what is it? What's really um, important to me? And this this kind of time you've had to reflect on that. So, so I don't know how to exactly put that into a question, Mike. But I'm just kind of gobsmacked by how profound some of the stuff we're talking about is, and, and, and how this may be a window in time we none of us ever experience again. And there's good news and there's bad news in it. But the choice of what that turns into, kind of, is not up to me because I'm too old now. But it's up to you know the, the folks who are young enough. To make a difference, and and the choices you make, and the choices collectively you make, is is going to create the world you're going to live in. So, with all these insights that have been kind of, for lack of better verbiage, forced upon you in this time, you know, you've made some decisions, you've come to some epiphanies, there's been some revelations to you. What I think I've heard all of you say is, is you've taken complete and individual ownership of the situation of the moment to choose your path moving forward. Absolutely. I actually have on my notes here, I have, there's a book called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. And that's, that's basically it. Um, you know, like making radical change and taking extreme ownership because I guess Newton's third law, equal and opposite reaction. We're far away from the right answer. So large radical changes need to be made. And extreme ownership is really the answer to everything. I, I mean, in, in this, in this case, right. When we're talking about what's going on, it's like, totally. We have extreme ownership over our actions and having extreme ownership over what we tolerate and just and that's that's it's a really important uh, aspect of things right now what what else are you guys reading by the way uh, i'm reading i don't know if you guys can see it hustle it's, uh, it's a book yeah hustle by uh neil patel and patrick fleskoffis and jonas koffler and it's basically about um i kind of started like a or uh, signed up for angels and angels and entrepreneurs network and this was kind of like a care package book um, but it's basically about that um, and everything that I was saying earlier about make your own hustle, follow your dreams, do what you know fulfills you. Don't necessarily work a job just to work a job to be feel mediocre. Kind of like light that fire inside you. But I'm only 20 pages in, so. Robin, what are you uh, what are you reading right now? Um, I've been focusing more on like fiction novels. It's funny I wasn't really a reader until this all started happening. Like I I would consume my time with school reading and then I give myself a break, but. Now I'm kind of finding it to be my escape, which is nice because I never thought I would feel that way about reading. Most recently, I'm just finishing up Little Fires Everywhere, which also helps me reflect on what's going on in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement right now and treatment of African-Americans. And also the Tattooist of Auschwitz I read before that, which was powerful, but a heavy read. <laughs> uh, I picked up a book not too long ago called Annoying. Just finished it. Uh, Joe Palka and Flora Lickman. Uh, it's kind of was inspired by me trying to be less annoyed with my family. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it, it just kind of is a whole... They're going to be listening to this. You know that, right? Oh, so, yeah. yeah okay. Oh, they All definitely right. will All be. Right. So they already know that you, annoy th that they're, that you annoy them. I annoy them. They annoy me. It's yeah. a whole cycle. Right. It's never ending. But uh, it's, it's an interesting read. If you... If you're if you like reading research type of stuff, that would be it's, Michael. It's a whole collection of a bunch of different research explained on 
why we find certain things annoying. And it's just, I think the, the point of the book is to just kind of uh, guide you through those times when you get annoyed and uh, calm yourself down, kind of just taking control of your thinking. Okay, I'm gonna ask, we're gonna ask one more question to follow up because I think Robin's gotta get out of here pretty soon. So the last question I wanna ask you guys, we can start with Robin. If you put yourself five years down the road, what's your what's your ideal situation look like? I was on a call with Kristen and Michael yesterday because I could not figure out my 12 week year planning. I like I just have no clue. My vision is so like abs like abstract in general because I don't know. Um, I don't know where I want to be. Allison asked me yesterday if I plan on staying in Toronto. I don't know. I don't know where I want to be. I don't know what I want to be doing. I just know that I want to be happy with the work I'm doing and with whatever situation I'm in. So, I mean, it's not a great specific answer, but I think that's how a lot of us are probably feeling right now, especially after reassessing how we are feeling in this time and what we value. We don't necessarily know what we want and where we want to be. It's just following what we feel is right based on our values and what we're interested in. All right, well, Danny's probably got a, a better answer. I'm assuming because can I go off that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. What do you got? That was great. Um, that was perfect. Yeah. So I think being honest about where you are is so important because that can help you. Uh, the, those people that you're honest with and that you talk to about being uncertain where you want to be and just telling them generally what you like to do, what you're interested in, uh, they're usually really great at directing you to the people that you should get to in, in touch with who they think, oh, I know this person who's also interested in that. They might be able to help you. And that's how I found my love for industrial organizational psychology. I, I would never have known what IO psychology was if I didn't go into my professor's room one time on the verge of tears. Like, I don't know what I want to do when I graduate in a couple months. And this is scary. And so, um, yeah, just being honest is very important. Danny, in five years, you'll be 30 or 31. 31 yeah you'll be crazy yeah so what's uh what's what does that look like for you i have no idea you know i'm comfortable with that uh, i've led a life basically goal oriented uh you know either two or four years at a time since i was 13 i'm kind of re-articulating um you know kind of like uh, i think it was robin that said um you know we're in a very flexible or you know fluid time and stuff's changing all around us so next week a opportunity could come up and that's it but you know, right now I'm kind of trying to be content, I guess, build some, you know, balance outside of a, a success driven life and, you know, focus on that, focus on family um, and just kind of try to have fun a little bit more because um, that's what life's all about. You know, from, from there, obviously, you know, there's got to be have some financial income or something, um, but that's all going to get figured out along the path. I like that. The, yes, if you guys are really struggling with what it is, I mean, I can't imagine being where you're at in today's landscape. I mean, we've, we've never been faced with that. And if you're struggling with trying to figure out what it is you want to be or, or what you think you want your life to look like three years, five years from now, if you're having a hard time with that, start with the things that you know you, you don't want that are absolutely, absolutely you know, hard lines mm -hmm. in the sand. I will not go there. And that'll help open up that path of opportunity for you. And I and just to follow up on that too, I, I like the fact that all of you all have kind of surrendered to just enjoying and walking the path because I think if you do that, if you just truly just surrender and just kind of say, hey, I want to see what comes ahead, and you have this kind of awareness of you know learning things that you need to learn along the way and figuring out what what kind of helps 
drive you personality wise or, or personally, I'm sorry, what drives you personally. And then eventually you're going to walk that path and get where you need to be. Like I said, I, I started in my real estate career in 2006 and you know, who knows what this, where this is going to take us. So, you know, it's, it's a constant evolution, but I just, I just, I feel experiences are given to us along the way so that we have lessons that we need to learn to shape us who we're to be, who we're supposed to be. So it's a big choose your own adventure book. You all probably don't even know what those are. We had those when I was a kid. Goosebumps. Goosebumps? Oh, we, yeah, had, it was, we had those. So I'm going to kind of follow up um, on that. Is that I, I agree. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's about the experience, you know, the classic adage of it's not the reward, it's the journey. Um, and at the end of the day for us, like we're kind of in this like, kind of like kettle of just building experience and skill sets. Um, so, you know, anything that we do, as long as we're moving forward, um, and I want to kind of make that distinction of like content versus complacent. See, um, you know, as long as we're moving forward and doing something that, you know, is aligned with what we feel is right at the time, it's all going to build us into, you know, who we're eventually going to be, you know, even if we don't know that yet. That ties in so tightly with some of our core beliefs that we we don't think that greatness happens when you graduate, you get that degree, you get that perfect job. We believe the greatness happens in the moment you decide to take action towards something. Absolutely. Those things are all just validation of the action you chose to take. Uh, and, I, and one last thing I'm going to just follow up, and I, I really want to appreciate you guys, is uh, as we're in this climate where everyone wants to uh, – you know, have a conversation where the, we're driving. I think all the everything that's kind of going on in the world right now is driving conversation. You know, it's important to listen and it's important to be listened to. It's important to be valued. Uh, I, I hope, especially in this country, because I think one of the things that another place where we've kind of gotten away from, I hope this helps people have the uh, the cross generational conversations that need to occur because that's that's equally as important as as everything else so that because we get this this sense that oh you know we're doomed because of this younger generation and i just tell you you guys are also talented and inspire us and uh, i think when people get the time take the time to really learn uh, how spectacular uh, and how talented this generation is they'll they'll feel much better about what our future lies it's the classic like what did, what did your parents think of you when you were our age that's right it's, it's a cycle um and i think a lot of this is going to be a cycle a cyclical process of, of change and just kind of breaking that cycle transgenerationally. Um, so, you know, like we were kind of talking about in the Vietnam um, protest times is those people then are now quite possibly the leaders now that they, you know, they're the bigger people now. Um, but the, the masses back then were a little bit more subverted by the elders and by the counterculture, whatnot, you know, the, the, the hippie movement basically. Um, but now it's a little bit bigger. There's a little bit more organization kind of harder to, to subverse moving forward. I mean, the changes, hopefully changes that happen, we won't be realized until another two or three generations until, you know, everyone's raised, you know, in their own homes thinking that everyone's created equal. Absolutely. That cycle is the, you know, it's the conversation. It's tough, like, you know, parents, elders, uh, everything. And it's uh, it's an interesting time to be in. It's a cool time to, to be alive for sure. Yeah, we got to seek to understand everyone's perspective because, you know, not just shout our perspective, but we need to take the time to understand the other perspectives out there because that's where we find uh, the true opportunities for change and growth. So, all and right. Totally di- di- dissociating emotion from, you know, action or logic. Like that's like the biggest part. I mean, if I was going to uh, heed anybody you know, in, of our age in this time is to dissociate the, your emotion and your emotional ties from what needs to be done um, so it can, you know, be 
A articulated and B like manifested and C taken seriously, um, you know, by everyone. Yeah, I just had something to comment sort of on our three perspectives because we all seem like pretty like-minded people and have a real direction, but I've seen friends go through the past three months with a lot of direction and a lot of purpose. And I have other friends who are just taking it day by day, seeing how they're feeling. And I think for our peers, if they're listening to this, some of them might feel overwhelmed that all three of us feel to the significant extent that we know what we're doing and that we're making the most of every day, but that's, that's not right or wrong. It's just how we're dealing with it. And I think it's important to know that whether you're taking it day by day and seeing how you're feeling or whether you have everything planned out to make sure that you stay on track, like nothing is the right answer. It's just what works for you. Yeah, I just uh, I came across a quote a while back from John Maxwell. He's an author. He writes a lot of leadership books. Uh, and the quote is, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. So I have a phrase that I always tell myself, uh, no change, no growth. So even though change is uncomfortable and it sometimes may seem like you don't know where you're going to end up if you change like how do you know this is the right choice uh how do you know this is the right path it's it's always going to be a question mark no matter what you choose you you never really know where you're going to end up uh you just have to take the action and choose choose what feels right you know, so some of the things you guys have been saying just sort of creating these these like explosions in my brain you guys i mean I, i've got four pages of notes here and and i've half of this stuff is stuff I've never thought about before. And I just, I really appreciate your time and your, your uh, commitment to this event and, and showing up and delivering. Cause, cause it, it, for me anyway, if I'm the only one in the audience uh, it took away, I took a lot away from you guys. So I appreciate that. All right. We'll wrap up right now for uh, this follow-up edition of the Align Life Pro. Thank you guys very much. And um, hopefully we'll be talking to you all soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the Align Life Pro. We hope that you found it helpful. If you know anyone else who would benefit from this podcast, we hope that you share it. Please subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. Also, we really want to engage with our listeners. You can find us on social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Also, if you go to our website, there's a link for you to leave us a voice message and we will answer your question potentially live on the show. We'll see you next time on the Align Life Pro.